Welcome back to Rewitched, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free, so we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season four. I'm your host, Jess Sabanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sabanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing Season 4, Episode 1, Charmed Again, Part 1. It originally aired on October 4th, 2001, and had 5.97 million viewers. We are officially starting without our proof. I know. All right. So this episode starts off in the attic. We see Piper's up there sitting at the table with a candle and the book and a cauldron in front of her. Um, And she's saying this spell and asking for her sister and the power of three to be brought back. Then she turns to the spell to call a lost witch and says that one as well while putting ingredients into the cauldron. And then she also does a blood to blood spell and cuts her finger to put her blood in it. Then the wind blows out the candle, but nothing happens, and she hears her name, and she thinks that it's Prue, but then Phoebe walks in, and she's like, sweetie, it's four o'clock in the morning, what are you doing? And Piper's crying, and she says, I don't understand why magic can't fix this, and why we can't bring Prue back. It's not like we haven't cheated death before. I don't understand why this time is any different. And Phoebe says, because Leo can't heal the dead, Piper, you know that. And Piper says there's other magic, magic that we've used before. Scrying, calling a lost witch, reversing time. It's like the book just deserted us and deserted Prue, and I don't understand why. And Phoebe says we lost our sister. How can we ever understand that? We have tried every magical way to bring her back, but we can't. She's gone. And Piper just continues to cry, and Phoebe hugs her. And she says, I just thank God that I didn't lose you too. We have to get some rest. Prue will never forgive us if we look bad at her funeral. Then Piper laughs a little and they both leave. And then the triquatra glows on the book again and it opens to the page for calling a lost witch. Very emotional intro. Every single time it makes me cry. I can't even lie. It's such a strong opening to start such an interesting plot line. I remember reading that Holly Marie Combs actually specifically asked for these emotional scenes in this episode as kind of her way to say goodbye to and honor Shannon because they were so close before she left the show. Um, So I know that that's why we see so much emotion from Piper in this episode and the following. Wow, I didn't even know that. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for her because I did know that they were close as, you know, actresses when, uh, when they were doing the show together. Yeah. And I mean, plot-wise, what a crazy season opener. I wonder what kind of the network was promoting, how they were showing this. Like, did people know before the first scene that Prue was going to be dead when this season started? Like, what did they think was going on? I assume there was like probably, probably like most shows where there's a lot of like little speculation and people were probably like rumoring things and hearing things but nobody really knew for sure so I feel like 
people probably had the idea that that might happen, but, like, to actually see it, it must have been, like, no fucking way they actually got rid of her, you know? Yeah, and I mean, this is 2001. Nowadays, it's very common for TV shows to kill off their main character. It happens all the time, and shows just move on from it. This was not a thing that, like, shows did not kill off a major character. Yeah, that was not a big thing at that time, but, like, here we are, and we lost one of our favorite girls, and obviously we did our whole homage to Prue, but, man, it's gonna take me some time with this show to move past her. Yes, and I really do love the way that even though, obviously, she's not physically present in the episode, like, her spirit is everywhere in this episode, and I love that they did take that episode to really honor her character and keep her involved in the storyline. Absolutely, and I'm sure they will continue to do so every now and again with the characters here. I wonder how curious people were also at the time to like see how the show was going to continue on without the power of three and how they were going to kind of recover from that so this episode and the whole way it went down like I feel like it's such a smart way to continue it you know yeah I definitely agree and we could definitely get more into that as we kind of see how it absolutely plays out um scene wise I mean again the acting here phenomenal I totally see Piper's point where she's like, we've done all these things before. Like, why the fuck can't we just fix it? Yeah. But also it brings us back to the lesson Prue learned last season, right? Which is like, you can't fight death. Yeah, death isn't the enemy. If it's meant to happen, it's going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's weird because they didn't even know at that time that she was leaving, but they kind of had so many subtle hints that that was happening at the end of the season, you know? Yeah, exactly. And of course, that little hint at the end, calling for a lost witch, the Book of Shadows reopens. Their story is not over. Wonder what that means. So then we go to the social services office and there are phones ringing and we see this young brunette woman at her desk. She's printing something and she has candles on top of her desk that blow out and like uh what office allows you to just have candles burning in there that's not safe but okay and she just ignores it and goes over to the printer and behind her like just out of thin air this obituary page from a newspaper appears in white orbs and she notices it fall and picks it up looking around and at the top she sees Prue's obituary And her boss is like, Paige, you find that study yet? And he walks over because she says nothing. And he says her name again. And she tells him it's in the printer and that she has to go and just like leaves. All right. So we got this Paige girl. I wonder why she's like being drawn or why the universe is drawing her to Prue's obituary. Very interesting start. Very excited. I know. I mean, obviously, we're getting the hint that something's going on with this page girl. And I don't want to get too much into it because I know we're going to find out in coming scenes. But exactly. I will just say I'm so happy to have her on the show. I love Rose McGowan and I think she's gorgeous. I think she's amazing. And I'm very excited to talk more about this character throughout the episode. Me too. I'm definitely happy to have her around and to um, kind of get more into her development, and who she's going to become in our show. So 
Next, we move on to the theme song, and we see that this page, Rose McGowan, is now in our theme. So welcome our new cast member. And Alyssa Milano is also now top build. And then Holly gets uh, mentioned as, as Piper in her title. Yeah, uh, so for people who aren't aware, the way billing works is the people who get paid most and are considered the main characters go first. So Alyssa moved up to that top slot. And when you get, um, so like before it says Holly's name, it says, and Holly Marie Combs. And then afterwards it says as Piper. So that's recognition that you're a major player, that you're a big name actor that attracts the show. So anytime they have someone who's like more famous than everyone else, but not the top billed person in the cast, that's how they credit them. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't even know that. So that's kind of the producer's telling her that Alyssa isn't better than her even though they moved her up to the top build position so that's really what that means gotcha all right well after the theme we um move to the dining room and it's the morning time and we see there are flowers everywhere and Phoebe's watering all the plants and we see Victor sitting in the parlor looking down and Phoebe walks over and asks if she can get him anything and he says no thanks and then she just goes back to watering then Leo and Cole walk in and Leo's like, look who's back. And Phoebe walks over to him and hugs him and was like, I was afraid you weren't going to make it to the funeral. And Cole says, well, I can't make it or shouldn't make it. The source has got every demonic bounty hunter out there looking for me. And she's like, yeah, so what else is new? And he says, this is different. Saving you makes it different. It makes me a traitor. He's not going to stop until he finds me. And I don't want that happening at Prue's funeral. And Phoebe says, so we'll protect you he says you can't protect me and she's like why not we're still witches aren't we and he's like yeah but you're not the charmed ones anymore and then she looks away and leo says he's right phoebe without the power of three and phoebe's like i don't understand isn't it harder to track a demon in a cemetery cole and then he looks at leo who looks down and phoebe's like you have to go i need you there and then the door closes and daryl walks over with victor and Daryl asks Phoebe how she's holding up, and she walks over and hugs him, saying that she's okay. Then he tells her that they're assigning Prue's case to another inspector, and Leo's like, what case? And Daryl's like, what case? Are you kidding? Prue and a prominent doctor were killed here, Leo. It made a lot of press. People want answers. Important people. And Cole's like, so what's this guy gonna find out? That it was some kind of demonic hitman? Give me a break. And Daryl's like, he might. Look, you don't know him like I do. He'll keep looking until he finds something, believe me. And Cole's like, I'm not worried. And Leo says, well, I am. I saw what happened when they were exposed as witches. Time may have reversed itself, but it still cost Prue her life. And Victor says, would you people mind? For God's sakes, we're burying my daughter today. Can't this wait? And then Phoebe goes and hugs him. So crazy. We got everybody back, even our boy Victor. And see, I don't know why, but seeing Victor be all upset, it like, it hits hard for me, you know, because of the relationship that him and Prue had. He must be feeling like so much regret and sadness, you know? Yeah, I mean, he was really just starting to get to know his daughter again and then to lose her. That must be really, really difficult for him. Absolutely. Like he never really got the opportunity to get as close with her as he probably wanted to. Yeah. Figuring, you know, I mean, Prue was, what, 30 years old? He figured he had all the time in the world left to heal their relationship. And then to just lose her like that has to be absolutely devastating. Absolutely. 
And then, of course, we have our little coal plots and exposition, kind of, saying, like, oh, I saved you. This horse is going to come after. There's no power of three anymore. Like, Yeah, filling in a lot of the gaps with where we left from the cliffhanger, because, of course, we did have that jump ahead. I think had Shannon not left the show, we probably would have picked up exactly where we left off in the finale instead of skipping forward a bit. But obviously they had to do that to keep her out of the scenes. So I think that this is a really actually okay way to handle all the exposition. Though I am wondering, are we ever going to find out exactly how Cole and Phoebe got away? Because that's something I would have liked to have seen or heard more about. Me too. Like, I, I don't know how they managed to escape. Like, it didn't explain anything like that to me. And also, like, do we find out how exactly Prue wasn't able to be saved, but Piper was? Like, how Leo came back in time? And, you know, like, there was a lot that I feel like we could learn a little bit more about. And I wonder if we do get those answers. Me too. Me too. And I like that we're setting up what's obviously going to become a plot with the new investigator. I like the way that Daryl, of course, because there are real world repercussions for what happened, is like, what case? Like, two people died at your house. Yeah, I know. Realizing that. (laughs) Because I feel like a lot of times when they do it, they kind of just skip past all of the, like, real world results that happen from these things. And this time Daryl's like, uh, hello, what do you mean? Like, (laughs) multiple people were killed at your house with no trace of who or what. Like, obviously there's a case. Yes. And I also like the way Victor's like, uh, why the fuck are we talking about this right now? My daughter died. (laughs) I know, like, we're at Prue's funeral right now. Or like, we're going to be going to Prue's funeral. Like, why the hell would we want to have this conversation right now? Also, listen, I'm not here to judge people who are immediate family members of the person who died at a funeral, but, like, Phoebe's outfit. What was she wearing again? She's wearing that little, like, flower, like, jacket, like, silky thing. Oh, yeah. Still gotta make her looking all Phoebe. Yeah. Even for Bruce's funeral. And I'll, I'll comment on Piper's outfit, too, when we get there. But yeah, I I just don't like the outfit in general, but I also was like, I feel like Phoebe would have been a little more dressed up, especially since, as we'll see in the episode, Phoebe is kind of serving in that role of like the very put together, I need to keep doing things person, which again is a very normal reaction to grief. So I just saw her, I don't know, the outfit giving a little more than what that outfit was giving. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that as well. So then we move up to Piper's bedroom, and she's looking in the mirror, brushing her hair. Leo walks in and tells her that they need to go, but she just keeps brushing her hair. She's like, I don't want to go. And he walks over and kneels beside her and says, why not? She says, because if I go, that'll mean that Prue's really not coming back, and I don't think I can handle that. He says, we can handle it together. And she shakes her head. Piper says, she's been there my whole life. I've always had a big sister, and I don't know how to live without one. And he puts his hand on her shoulder, and she moves away. She says, why didn't you save her? And Leo looks down. He says, I tried. She says, but you didn't. Why didn't they let you save her too? He says, the elders? They couldn't. They don't have that kind of power. She's like, then what the hell good are they? And gets up and walks to the window. 
Leo says, it's okay to be angry. She says, I'm not angry. I am pissed off. Don't you understand? You healed the wrong sister. You saved me because I'm your damn wife. And you should have saved her because she was the best. Because she was, you should. And she starts crying too hard to finish what she's saying. And Leo just hugs her. And she says, why did they put us through so much for it to end this way? I was bawling my eyes out during this scene. Just so everybody's aware. Yeah. This woman can act. And like she plays, she makes you feel everything that she's thinking and portrays the grief so well. And like that, like want to trade places with her kind of thing, projecting the anger. Like she just does it so phenomenally. And you can just really feel her pain for the loss of Prue in this moment as like her little sister, you know? Yeah. And it's that, it's that survivor guilt, right? Like I should have died too, or I should have died instead. Like there's this inability to accept that I lived and my sister died. Absolutely. Like, how do you, how do you, you know, get past something like that when you guys were in the same position, but you're the only one that made it out? Like anybody would feel just as, just the way Piper is, you know? And Leo just totally understanding and being there for her. Like, he's always so supportive and, like, so good for her, you know? Yeah. This is one of those scenes where Leo really does say all the right things. Like, I think there's not a right thing to say, but what he's saying is doing a really good job at comforting her and supporting her, even though she's not accepting everything that he's giving her. I think that he's doing a really good job of being there for her through this and being everything that you would want your partner to be when you're in this position of loss. Absolutely, because they both know that there's nothing really that he can say to make this better for her. But like you said, what he's doing and the small little bits and pieces he's saying, him just being there as her shoulder to cry on and taking whatever punches like she needs to throw at him, anything, like he's like, I will take that for you because I love you. You know what I mean? And and he's doing such a good job at that. Yes. Also, um, Piper's outfit, I just want to comment. This is the same outfit that Prue picked out for her to wear to the reunion. So this is actually an outfit she knew Prue liked that she's wearing. Oh my God. I didn't even realize that subtle callback. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That makes that scene even worse for me. Yeah, that no, is it's, so it's very sweet. It's very, I'm really glad that the costume designers did that because I think that was a really smart, really beautiful choice. Absolutely was. Wow, that was perfect. I didn't even know that. I didn't even realize actually. As soon as I saw her wearing it, I was like, that is what she was wearing for her reunion. And then I remembered Prue picked out that outfit for her when they were yeah. getting ready. Wow. The last thing I want to say here is just, Totally agree with Piper. What the hell good are the elders? (laughs) Literally, like, what the hell good are you? You guys have just done nothing but tear them apart. And then, like, all of a sudden, Prue's lost and they can't do anything. And Leo being like, they don't have that kind of power. Like, it's so funny because we never really understand, like, what is the level with the elders, you know? Like, what... What is their limitations? How powerful are they? Like they have whatever power plot sake wants to give them in that episode. (laughs) Pretty much. Like that's just how it's been. And it's so funny because even like the sisters are like aware of that and they don't just 
play it off like for plot's sake they always question it they're like i don't understand these guys you know yeah so it is really funny so then we move on to the underworld and we see the source appear in flames and on the table there's like this smoky silhouette of a woman and she asks may i be seen and he says have you found balthazar and she's like no something else and he lifts his arms and she appears in all gold and she says something more important perhaps and he says nothing is more important and she's like not even the charmed ones and he says the charmed ones are dead she's like not all of them and he says one gone ends the threat of course if you had foreseen that a white lighter was going to help Balthazar save his witch they'd all be gone and then he walks closer to her and says be grateful I don't turn you into a snake and she says yes but then how would you see into the future without me and he says, without the charmed ones to worry about anymore, I may not need to. And she says, well, in that case, you better keep me around a little while longer. And he says, what do you see? And she looks into her crystal ball and she says, I see a witch's call on the spirit winds. I see another. And it zooms in on the ball showing electricity in there. So what do we mean by this? There's another another charmed one and i think we can all kind of guess who it might be <laughs> i don't know could it be a mysterious character we were introduced to who was also in the theme song maybe i don't know i'm not 100 percent sold on it yet <laughs> it's actually victor no <laughs> imagine daryl secretly <laughs> um, it's the inspector investigating Percy. <laughs> oh my god that would be great so here of course i mean i guess we get a little bit of reasoning as to how phoebe and cole were able to escape but like still it doesn't really explain everything i want a flashback of that scene shannon doherty was not in that scene they could have done that they totally could have like she didn't have to be in it you know for them to to show that Also, I will just say there's like this weird like sexual dynamic between the source and this like oracle woman that just like bothers me the whole episode. I feel like they tend to portray a lot of like the demonic women or things like that as very like sexual creatures towards the men and this and that. Like don't get me wrong sometimes it works but like it's kind of weird that they always portray that like idea of evil with someone who's like just a sexual person like you know what I mean yeah and like and like trying to keep them as like that sexy evil woman yeah. kind of look is like all right yeah and like much. I don't know if it's just me but I see the source as like sexless so it's like really weird to see someone like try to get with him kind of yeah like that like totally throws me all off and like it's so weird because I feel like everyone has like such whenever it comes to the source everybody's like a little more feared she's very much like says whatever she wants with him yeah which, which i like i like that she's a woman who's not afraid to stand up to the source but like it's really weird the way that like the sex and power dynamic is working here and the <laughs> way that we've seen a lot of times with like evil men where like the guy's the boss and the girl's kind of like lower that there's this weird like she's like not just like submissive to him in that she works for him but she's like submissive to him sexually too it's just like a really weird thing that they tend to do 
which in one way is interesting because it's showing a patriarchy within the demonic world but also Mm -hmm. when we have so many powerful female dynamics on the show it's just such a weird contrast I feel like yeah I could definitely see that it is it is definitely a a weird contrast but also it it does work in some senses in some episodes like the dynamic does kind of work for me but other times it's like a little overplayed and a little weird you know like here it does almost feel like it doesn't make too much sense you know yeah so then we see like this cloudy sky and scenes of San Francisco as sad music plays we end up at the cemetery where people are walking into the funeral home and Piper is sitting between Victor and Leo and Phoebe next to Cole and we see flashes of close-ups of people's faces everyone's sad or crying And there's this woman up front speaking about reuniting again. And she ends with, now you await a new destiny and blows out three candles. The service ends and the sisters and Victor stand at the front to greet people and Leo and Cole go off to the side. Paige approaches Phoebe and tells her that she's sorry for her loss. Phoebe asks how she knew Prue and if it was from work. And Paige is like, no, no, like just from around. And Phoebe asks if they've met somewhere. She says, no, I don't, I don't think so. Anyway, my condolences. And Phoebe thanks her and takes her hand. And when she does, she has a premonition of Shaq's attacking Paige on a roof. And she like falls to the floor and Paige runs off. And it's just like, honestly, like same. If someone started acting like that, I'd probably run away too. (laughs) She was like, so confused. She's like, uh, this bitch is like on the floor. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I should head out. <laughs> That's my cue. <laughs> and then everyone runs over to Phoebe, and Phoebe's like, I saw him, the demon that killed Prue. And like Leo's kind of looking around to see if people are there overhearing this, yeah. but then asks what he was doing. And Phoebe says he was killing that girl. Piper asks, What girl? She says, The one that I was just talking to. We gotta go find her. And she starts to run off just as a demon in like a gold robe shimmers in and throws electricity at Cole, who jumps away. And Cole throws an energy ball and vanquishes him. And then another demon teleports in and Phoebe jumps out and kicks him. And Cole throws another energy ball and Piper starts freaking out. She's like, stop it, stop it, stop it, damn it. Can we at least bury her in peace? Is that too much to ask? And then she knocks over a vase and it breaks and all the flowers spill everywhere. And everyone just looks at her as she walks out. Well, again with her, love it. But this is an interesting way to bring Paige into the episode, you know? I really like the way they set it up where she shows up to the funeral after not knowing and Phoebe has that premonition of her. And I wonder why Shax is going after Paige. Like, we got to get some background on this. I'm so excited. Yes. I mean, minor spoilers. So Paige is a family member of theirs, right? And it's always interesting to me when people meet, like, family members that they never knew about, that they, like, feel something familiar about them in shows. And I wonder if that's true in real life. It could be. I mean, it kind of depends. Like, I'm a big believer in, like, energy and like you share a lot of the same I don't know when it comes to DNA and things like that it's very crazy the way that your mind can make connections like that or it can see like 
the underneath structures or some similarities that are like maybe I know this person you know like why does she look like in the back of my head remind me of someone I know that's like a real thing that people that people can see so I think that it can happen but I don't know that it always is the case you know yes I totally agree and I think that that's like it's a really interesting point that you know Phoebe already feels something connecting her to this girl obviously she has the premonition and I want to say that like one like I said Paige's reaction to that whole thing I get it but Paige is just so awkward throughout this whole scene like she didn't have to go over and say hi if she didn't want to and then she's just being like so awkward to Phoebe the whole conversation I know she was like debating on whether or not she should go over or not and then finally decided to I mean I get it I get that feeling of like uh like it would be rude if I just walked out without like saying anything to them or like maybe just that whole like destiny is making her kind of overthink it or something like that where she's like yeah why am I here but it is it is really funny the her whole reaction to this it was like a very odd scene for her yes also I'd love to thank the demons for their politeness in waiting until everyone left the room before attacking so shout out to them I know how convenient <laughs> I mean I guess they do the whole uh can't be exposed they don't want the demonic side to be exposed as well yeah but also why are all the bounty hunters so fucking easy to vanquish like why are they sending these people that die so easily from an energy ball after cole who has energy balls as a power i know like they know that they're not gonna get cole like that i don't know these bounty hunters don't seem to be very uh like is how much money is on cole's head is it really worth that <laughs> right like the guaranteed death and he's there protected by the sisters like what do they think is gonna happen yeah like even if they're not the charmed ones anymore it's still two witches and cole against you and you who dies so easily like you're not even super powerful yeah but then i was just gonna say also i fully understand piper's reaction at the end and just feeling like you know they can't seem to escape it yeah exactly i mean we know piper has always wanted a normal life in some aspects and I think taking this moment which is probably the hardest moment of her life because when her mom died she was so young when Grams died she still had her sisters and that mother figure in Prue and now it's like she's really lost that last caregiver in her life and someone she's been so close to since childhood so it's really this extreme loss that was unexpected like, with her grandmother, she was older, she was sick, so as much as it was a hard loss, it wasn't as hard as her healthy young sister being lost. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, it's probably the hardest for Piper right now, and it's totally understandable why for all the reasons you just said. So now we go back to the manor, and we're downstairs, and there's people everywhere, and Phoebe is, like, walking through and picking things up. And she walks over to Cole and Leo, telling them that she doesn't see the girl from her premonition anywhere. And Leo's like, Phoebe, you need to be more careful. And she's like, sorry. And Cole's like, you're sure you don't recognize her from anywhere? And she says, well, she did look familiar, like I've seen her somewhere before. Somehow, we have to find her before night falls or else. And she's still moving around, picking things up. And Cole's like, honey, what are you doing? And she's like, uh, I'm cleaning. 
And he says, you don't clean, you hate cleaning. And she's like, I know, but it's better than falling apart, isn't it? And Leo says that maybe she should try to focus on the girl. And she describes the rooftop that she was on in the premonition. And Leo says that they need to find it before Shax does. And then Piper approaches and she's like, and do what exactly? You can't defeat Shax, not without the power of three. And Phoebe's like, but you and Prue did. And she says that's because Prue is the strongest. Trying to do it without her would be suicide. And Phoebe's like, maybe so, but I got that premonition for a reason, Piper. That girl is our innocent, so we have to try and save her. Piper's like, says who? Why do we have to? And Leo's like, Piper. And she's like, what? Do you really expect us to keep doing this stuff after what happened? To keep risking our lives? Do they? He's like, Piper, keep your voice down. And she's like, no, Leo, I won't. I don't want to do this anymore, okay? It's over. You can tell them we buried their precious charmed ones when we buried our sister. And then she goes upstairs and Leo starts to follow, but Phoebe tells him that she just needs to be alone. And she's like, look, I don't know where we go from here, but I do know that I can't let that girl die, especially not by the same demon that killed Prue. And Cole says, the question still remains, how are you going to stop Shax without the power of three to say the vanquishing spell? And she says, I'm hoping that a demon and witch fighting together might be enough. Interested? And he's like, why not? It beats sitting around here waiting for the next bounty hunter to attack. And then they walk over to Victor, who is talking with an elderly man. And Phoebe brings him over to the side and tells him that they need to go. Then Daryl walks in with this inspector, and it's his name's Inspector Cortez, and he introduces them. And then he offers his sympathies, and Cole says that he'll go get the car. Then Daryl asks where Piper is, and Phoebe says, upstairs, she's not feeling well. And Cortez says, understandable, I lost a sister once myself, I know how hard it is. We're going to find the monster who did this to your sister, Miss Hallowell, I promise you this. And he notices Phoebe, like, got a weird look on her face and asks if it was something he said. And she's like, just the word monster. And he says, well, that's what he was. How else do you describe somebody so vicious? We got to stop him before he strikes again. And Phoebe says, I couldn't agree more. If you'll excuse me, Inspector. And she starts to walk away. And he's like, I know what a difficult time it is for you and your sister, Miss Halliwell. But we really need to talk. And Victor says, but not now. And... He's like, of course, sorry. And Phoebe goes. So another That's really good scene. Phenomenal scene. I like that. I like scenes like this, like I've always said, with everybody included, you know, and just kind of the chaos and everybody's different emotions and reactions to everything. It works really well for me. Yeah, definitely. I like the beginning, the way we see that Phoebe is putting all of her emotion into like doing things, right? Yeah. I feel like that's the way I handle like difficult situations is I'll just like over schedule myself and like do everything I can and clean and reorganize and just do everything I can to keep my mind off the thing that's going to make me break down. Right. So I totally get what she's doing there and it makes total sense. And I like that it's something out of her normal character because I mean, I am a neat organized person in general. So it does make sense for me to be doing those things. But I like seeing Phoebe taking that on, especially since that's something that reminds me of Prue. So kind of like she's taking on the spirit of Prue and doing all these things. Yeah, I definitely could see that too. And it's nice to see like, like you get to see Phoebe's reaction to those things, which we didn't get to see much of before where she was more focused on like Piper and now she's more focused on this girl and just doing things and keeping herself busy. 
which I totally can see that as a Phoebe reaction, you know, especially being that her and Prue were like the most similar to each other. So it definitely works for me really well here. Yeah, definitely. And I think it brings me back to the way that Piper and Phoebe are each handling their loss has a lot to do with what role Prue played for them. I think that Phoebe didn't need Prue to mother her as much as Piper did. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting seeing that Piper is struggling so much to kind of bring herself together, which I'm not faulting for, for I'm not saying that's a character flaw in any way. Whereas Phoebe is very much picking up and doing things like Prue would have if Mm -hmm. she were the one still there. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, it does fit with their characters to me. Like Piper's always had issues with, you know, magic anyways. And here she goes again with like the people she loves getting hurt. She lost her last, like you said, caregiver figure in her life. And she has no desire to be involved in this anymore. Yeah, to put herself and at Phoebe at risk more too. I think she's very much like, no, this is done. And I yeah. love the line, you know, we buried your precious charmed ones when we buried our sister. Like, I love that. I think that's reasonable. And I totally get where she's coming from in that. I do too. I think that was like a really beautiful line from her. Yes. But I also get where Phoebe's coming from in that they have to keep fighting. They can't let Prue's death be for nothing. And also they can't let the demon that killed Prue kill another girl. Right. And I think it's a little bit easier in a sense for Phoebe to feel that way because she's the one that sees it happen in her visions like she's the one that actually has to see it you know so for Piper to just kind of be oblivious to it she's able to kind of separate it in her mind where Phoebe's like no I just watched this girl die in my head and like how am I supposed to just say no fuck it like I'm done with that like you know like how do you just move past that you can't like You see that and you have to do something about it. It's instinct. And I think even if Piper didn't want to, if she had Phoebe's power and had the visions like she does, then she'd probably feel the same way. We're like, shit, I can't not save her, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. I definitely agree there. Especially to the demon that killed Pearl, you know? I also like the way she's asking Cole to work with her. I think this is going to be an interesting little pair up and I'm excited to see what happens with them. Me too. And then, of course, we have Inspector Cortez. Like, how the fuck are you going to show up at a funeral? That was, like, insanely disrespectful that he's trying to, like, hound her at this time. Like, what are you thinking? Literally. Couldn't wait a day? You couldn't wait till tomorrow. Like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've seen. I don't even or know even why Daryl- later that night after, like, the repass is over, like, you're literally just gonna show up at the fucking repass that they have family and friends that they have to deal with, and you're like, let's talk. I lost a sister, too. Then where okay, the fuck yeah. is your respect? Exactly. Like, so then you should understand exactly what's going on. Like, I get you want to find the monster that did this, but they don't want to- Like, why would anybody want to be reminded of that in that second? Like, you're already dealing with the issue at hand, you know? Yes. Like, no, I I feel like that was so disrespectful. Like, why did Daryl even bring him? (laughs) I mean, I guess it's better if he shows up with Daryl than alone. But, like, at the same time, like, Daryl, you should have told this guy, like, we should wait. This is not appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, good on Victor for standing up and being like, you don't need to talk to them now. I loved how, like, 
uh stern victor was in that moment he was like but not now and i was like oh yeah victor props yeah. to you but also cortez why did a man need to tell you to back down why did phoebe being like i want to leave wasn't good enough for you god only knows so then we go up to the attic and piper is setting up candles and talking to herself she says i'm a witch damn it i've summoned people before and i'm going to summon prue whether you like it or not no more playing games no more being the good witch. I want to talk to my sister. I need to talk to my sister. At the very least, you owe me that. And she stands in front of the book and does the spell. White orbs appear and it's Grams. She says, hello, my darling. How are you? And Piper's like, how am I? Are you kidding? Do you guys not get the news up there? She says, I meant, how are you holding up? She says, not very well. I'm a little lost. Why didn't you come before when I called after? She says, I couldn't, Piper. I was busy. She's like, you were busy? Graham says, I was with Prue. She says, oh, of course you were. Well, that would make sense. Is she okay? She says, your mother and I are helping her through this. Piper says, but how is she? She says, I'm not allowed to tell you now. Just like you're not allowed to see her. At least not for a while anyway. Piper asks why. She says, because seeing Prue right now, speaking to her, keeps her alive for you, which keeps you from being able to move on with your life, to continue your destiny. She says, what destiny? It's over. It's done. Prue is gone. She says, I know, sweetie. I know. But if there's one thing I've learned over the last three years, it's that there's always a reason for everything, which means there's a reason for this, too. Your destiny still awaits. And she holds her hand up and says, blessed be, and teleports out. So I just want to start off by saying, like, this is such a Piper thing to do because she did the same thing with Leo when they took Leo away, where she was like, like, I'm going to stand here until you bring him back to me. Like, this is happening. Like, I'm going to talk to my sister. This is what's going to happen. Like, so sure that it's going to, like, work, you know, just like trying everything in her power to, like, make this happen you know and I just like I love that reaction from her because it fits very well with her character yeah I really love the way she's standing up she's like I can do this you're not gonna stop me like I'm gonna talk to my sister absolutely and then Graham's here the whole conversation between them was so cute I mean I totally understand the whole like you can't see her because it keeps her alive I mean I understand that as the best they could come up with you know, as to why Prue can't come around. But, like, I do wonder what she means for the whole, there's a reason for this. Your destiny still awaits. Exactly. All the talk. Mm -hmm. And I will say, I mean, it works plot-wise. You know, Prue can't come back because it's too soon after. But also, I love how now it's just, you can summon ghosts whenever you want, willy-nilly. Like, they made it so complicated in season three, and now it's just like, if you want a ghost, have a ghost. Yeah. Take it. You can have her. Also, whoever wrote this episode, I'm noticing, they use the word sweetie a lot in this episode, which I feel like they don't normally use, so I was like, whoever, like, wrote this episode loves calling people sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> Do it all the time. Oh my god, I love that. All right, so then we move back to the underworld, and the source appears and asks the woman if there's any news. And she says that Balthazar's been elusive. He says that's up to the bounty hunters and asks about the other. 
and she says her future is becoming much more clear and it appears short-lived then she rubs the crystal ball which shows Paige dancing not much to say there we know the source is focused on going after Paige now yes and if we hadn't realized it by now obviously Paige is somehow connected to the charmed ones yeah yes so then we're at P3 at night and Paige is dancing with this guy and the song ends and they walk over to a table and he asks if she's okay and says that she seems quiet and she says what makes you think I'm not like this all the time and he says well we've been dating for a month now so I think I'd know and he asks a waiter walking by for a couple of beers and Paige says to make hers a mineral water she says so much for how well you know me cowboy. I don't drink. I used to have kind of a problem with certain liquids. Lots of problems, actually. But that's all behind me. And he's like, do you want to go someplace else? And she says, no, no, I like it here. Gosh, I've been coming to P3 for the last year or so, on and off. I mean, ever since. He says, ever since what? And she says, it's boring, never mind. But he gives her this look and she says, all right. But if I tell you all about Paige and you use it against me, I will get out my voodoo doll and make you sorry you're a man. So my sad story is that I'm adopted. Only it's not sad because I loved my parents. God rest. So after they died, I went searching for my birth mother, hoping to get some answers. Found the church where I was dumped at, checked around. I figured she must have lived near there. I even thought I might have been related to the Hallowell sisters for a minute. But their mom died a long time ago, so I gave up on that. He says, well, did you ever try to meet the sisters? Ask about it? She's like, yeah, right. Hi, I think your mom abandoned me at birth. What's for dinner? No, I don't think so. He says, that still doesn't explain why you keep coming here. She says, well, one of the sisters owns it. So I don't know. I guess I just kind of feel connected somehow. That's why I went to the funeral today. I just kind of felt like I had to. Okay, I sound certifiably insane now. And he kisses her and they look at each other. She says, don't hurt me, okay? I can't handle anymore right now. And he kisses her again, and she says she has something to show him, and they leave, and as they walk off, we see on the table, on the napkin she was drawing on, there's a triquatro. Whoa. Wonder what made her think of that. I wonder. Destiny awaits. <laughs> so, Paige in this scene I don't know to me it's a little bit like that you know cringy cliche kind of thing but I think she pulls it off like it was cute to me though I will say like seeing her in this scene really reminds me of a lot of her other characters that I've seen because she always plays in other things I've seen kind of that like sexy like mysterious like horror movie girl so I feel like she's still really playing into those B horror movies she was in before this tropes like yeah. she hasn't quite found her way into Paige yet, which again, it is her first episode. It does make sense that she hasn't quite found the character yet. But yeah, it does feel a little like, ooh, me type of thing. Yeah, it definitely comes across a little bit like, like I know what you mean, the horror movie-esque that she used to be in and that kind of acting. So she has to kind of slowly develop into this character, which she wasn't before, you know? This feels very, please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I want to be in the sequel. I also think it's very like 
they're giving her a lot of exposition here and like trying to make this speech sound natural can't be easy so I also get why the delivery isn't the best in that regard as well absolutely like you can't blame her for the dialogue she was given yeah like I think she did her best with what she had here Uh and I do think that like it's establishing the relationship but again this is seen as 150 percent exposition oh yeah like an insane amount I mean it works in the sense that like we we did need some something there gives us a little bit of background on her and kind of why she felt that connection to them but yeah it was it was quite a bit heavy on the exposition (laughs) yeah and I mean as far as like interesting things we learn about her character here so we get that she had an alcohol abuse problem in the past so we know that about her we know that she's been dating this guy for a month we know that she was adopted and it seems like she had a good relationship with her adoptive parents and that they are also dead now which led to her wanting to find her birth family and I'm not sure what led her to the connection with the Hallowells previously. That's something that even by the end of the episode, I'm unclear about, like, Uh what made her think that she was related to them. Yeah, it never really got explained how she got sent back. And once we find out a little bit more about her backstory from the Hallowell side, like from Patty's side and everything, it still makes it a little more unclear as to how she could have possibly found out where her parents like who her parents were you know yeah like it's not like she did a 23 and me like how the fuck did she know exactly like that was um like the way the way that she was given up gave her zero clues as to be able to find her parents you know exactly <clears throat> but i get why she would go to things related to them if she felt this connection so that part i totally bought but it was just like how did you find them i don't understand that part right absolutely and do we know how old Paige is at this time? Isn't she like 23? Um, I think Phoebe's supposed to be, I think she's supposed to be a year or two younger than Phoebe. So if Phoebe's like 26 or 27, she's 24 or 25. Okay. Because yeah, because Phoebe was a baby when Patty died. I think Phoebe was two years old when Patty died. Okay. All right then that makes a little more sense. Yeah, so I think, like, Phoebe was born, right? And then Victor and Patty split up when Phoebe's, like, a little less than a year old, around a year old. She, I guess, immediately gets pregnant with Paige, Mm -hmm. gives up Paige, maybe lives for a few more months, and then dies. (laughs) Yeah, great. So now we are at this random building and Phoebe and Cole are in there and she's looking out the window with binoculars and she's pretty certain that it's the right place, but she's worried that she's wrong. And then Cole tells her that she needs to trust her instincts, but that she can't save every innocent or stop every demon. And she says, yeah, well, I have to stop this one. I just hope that by me saying the vanquishing spell, it wounds him enough that you can take him out. And he says, I have a better idea. How about you and me go someplace, drop off the face of the earth and disappear? And she says, don't tempt me. And he says, things have changed, Phoebe. We can't pretend we can go on like this. It's only a matter of time before the source finds me, which means every minute you're with me, you're in danger. And she says, I've lost too much already, Cole. I'm not losing you too. 
And then he kisses her on the cheek and notices Paige. He tells her that her instincts were right. And she's like, we've got a shimmer over there. And he's like, and tell her what? That the demon's about to attack? I think we should stay right here. And they just continue to watch. So I really like this scene. I think the chemistry between Alyssa Milano and Julian McMahon really shines here. I think that we see just how much he cares about her, how well they work together as a couple. I think, you know, last season we talked a little bit how there was a lot of passion and we weren't really seeing those little moments of a relationship Mm -hmm. between them. I think in this episode, we've already seen that multiple times and I'm loving it. I'm loving seeing that day in, day out of Phoebe and Cole. Yeah, me too. I'm really happy like that we finally are starting to see them more on their relationship side now that I guess it's a little different. Like he's not constantly leaving and under it. I mean, I guess he still is. And they made it sound like he's in even more danger. But now for some reason, he seems to be around more. And he seems to be really good and helpful for Phoebe right now. Like things are going really well. And I like seeing that closeness between them. Yeah. And I mean, there's also this idea that like a big loss either makes or breaks a relationship. It either can tear you apart or it can bring you a lot closer. And it seems like they're really doing well at this point. So I enjoy seeing that and the way that he's taking care of her here and kind of giving her this idea that they could run away together or something. I think it's really cute, even though they both kind of know it's not going to happen. Yeah, it is a really cute thing for them, though. I really like seeing this side of Cole, you know, because even like he's not like Leo where he's like all like, oh, like, you know, like he can't he's not good at that. Like he's still been a demon for how long? But with what he has, I think the way he reacts and like the way he's there for her works very well for him, you know? Yeah. And he still does such a great job at comforting her and just being there for her no matter what, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I also like the way that we're getting that idea that like, even though they might not be the charmed ones anymore, like Phoebe still has those instincts as a witch. She still can save people and protect them. Right. Absolutely. So then we cut over to the other rooftop and we see Paige and the guy walking out and he's like, aren't you afraid we're going to get caught? And she's like, I like an element of danger. And again, we're seeing that like kind of bad horror movie acting from her there And she's looking up at the stars and saying that they make her feel free. And he walks over and they start making out. Then in the building, Phoebe says, all right, any ideas? And Cole says, a couple. (laughs) She says, I mean, about what we do now. I mean, we can't just keep watching. It's just not right. And she puts the binoculars back up to keep watching. And he takes them and starts looking out them and says, you're right. We shouldn't just keep watching and then puts them down. And then over on the rooftop, we see that Paige and the guy are still kissing and Shax appears across the roof and Paige notices him and she pushes the guy who we find out is named Shane out of the way. Then Shax throws a blue ball of light at the guy and then one at Paige and she orbs in and out and Phoebe's like, she orbed. And Paige runs off and Shax looks shocked and teleports. And then back in the building, Phoebe's like, she orbed? Did you just see that? And they shimmer out. Then we cut inside the building that was the rooftop, and Paige is running through, and Shax appears inside, and she's shocked. Cole and Phoebe shiver in next to her, and Paige is like, what the hell? And Phoebe says, get out of here. Hurry, go. 
And Cole starts throwing energy balls at Shax and tells Phoebe to say the spell. She does, and we see Shax turn into the wind, but before he does, he hits Cole with his powers, and we see Cole fall through the railing and start falling down, but then he shimmers back up next to Phoebe, and they hug, and she tells him that it was too close, and he says he's not worried about himself, he's worried about her innocent. Okay, Cole. Since when? (laughs) He's a good guy now. Oh my god. I know. So what the hell is going on? We just saw Paige Orb after Shaq's attacked her. And she clearly is just as confused about it as everyone else is. Yes. So there's something fishy going on with Paige. She can orb, but doesn't know she can orb. And Shax didn't know she could orb. And Phoebe didn't know she could orb. Yeah. So they got a lot to figure out right now. And Phoebe must be just completely at a loss for words yes I also love how this scene incorporated kind of the comedy and with the kind of like darkness that this episode has the sadness right we have those moments of Phoebe and Cole with like oh like we're watching them make out like this is weird but like are we gonna stop or are we gonna keep watching (laughs) it's so good Cole's like little uh, couple like (laughs) it's so good to me Yeah, I like that we got bits and pieces there and, you know, in between the darkness of the episode. Again, like you said, though, the the rooftop acting was something else. She's like, oh, look at the stars. (laughs) Again, it's very, it's giving me scream vibes the whole time. Like, like, babe, we're in a different movie. (laughs) It's time to move on from that. (laughs) Oh my God, but that was really funny. Um, anything else to add there aside from just looking forward to how the hell they figure all this out exactly it was mostly kind of like plot getting us to see that page has powers that's really it so now we are back at the manor in the kitchen and phoebe cole and leo are talking and piper is over in the side doing the dishes and leo asks if she's sure that she orbed and phoebe is and leo says it doesn't make sense why would Shax want to kill a white lighter? And Cole's like, maybe he doesn't know she's a white lighter. And Leo's like, right, the source sends out his personal assassin but doesn't know who he's after. And Phoebe's like, is it possible that she didn't know she's a white lighter? Leo's like, no, why? And Cole's like, because she acted like she didn't. She acted just as surprised as we were when she orbed out. And he's like, well, that doesn't make any sense either. And Phoebe asks him to check with the elders, so he orbs out to do that. Then Cole thinks that he should go to the underworld and see what he can find out. Plus, he can confuse some bounty hunters. And he's like, don't worry, I won't disappear on you. And then he kisses her and shimmers out. And she goes over by Piper, who's leaning by the sink. And Phoebe says, are you okay? Piper's like aggressively doing the dishes. And she's like, yeah, sure, why not? We could have another funeral tomorrow. I mean, all the dishes are out and we pretty much know who to invite. And Phoebe's like, Piper. And she's like, just tell me one thing. Are you insane or are you just plain stupid? We bury Prue this morning and you go off tonight and nearly join her? What the hell is the matter with you? Phoebe's like, I was trying to save an innocent. And she says, no, you were trying to get yourself killed, which is what this family does best is get killed. Isn't it obvious by now that our only destiny is to die? And you are just making it way too easy for them, Phoebe. You're just walking right into it. And Phoebe goes over and hugs her and she's like, I am so sorry. And Piper's like, I cannot handle anything right now, and I certainly cannot handle losing another sister. 
Oh my God. Every time we see these moments from Piper, it just reaches into my soul and tears more and more out of it. Yeah. Like, like Holly Marie Cohn's killing me in this episode. Like I just. Absolutely. And like, I, I feel like there's nothing left. I'm like, there's no way they can make me cry again. And <laughs> I know literally I'm like, and I need a center. whole fucking box of tissues for this episode. Like Jesus. Right. Like, and again, like her reactions are so perfectly fit. And I like that, you know, her anger and sadness and everything, everyone just understands, you know, like they're not arguing, like Phoebe fully gets that, like, she's just breaking down right now, you know, Mm -hmm. and even Phoebe just being there for her, like the way she did, it works so perfectly, you know? Yeah, definitely. And then of course they're like back and forth about trying to figure out what's going on works for me to have you know leo go check up there and cole see what he can find out down there probably the best way they're the best way they're going to get any answers yeah exactly i mean plot wise everything works for me like you said the moments between phoebe and piper so strong and i love the way that like phoebe at first is completely understanding and what she's doing but then when piper explains kind of that fear that heartache she's feeling like phoebe has nothing to say but I'm so sorry because like, yeah, Piper can't handle this. And I think if their situations were reversed, Phoebe wouldn't be able to handle Piper putting herself in danger right now. Absolutely. So then we go to the hospital and Paige walks into Shane's room and he asks her what happened. She's like, I feel so bad. I just got scared and I ran. And he's like, well, of course. And she walks closer and touches his hair and asks what the doctor said. And he tells her that he has a concussion, but he's getting released and is glad that she's okay. And he asks if she talked to the cops and she's like, no, why? And he's like, well, I told them that you saw him, uh, snitch. And Paige is like, you did what? (laughs) He's like, well, you did, didn't you? And Cortez walks in out of nowhere and is like, did you? And Paige is like, who are you? And he introduces himself, and Shane is like, wait, homicide? No one was murdered. And Cortez is like, well, based on the MO, if it's the same perpetrator I think it was, that just makes you lucky. He killed two people last week, violently. One of them, a young woman who looked a little like you. And Paige says, Prue. And he's like, Prue Hallowell, did you know her? She says, no, not really. Sketchy as fuck, Paige. (laughs) and then Shane's like well in a way you did right like this kid is such a fucking narc I know like dude you gotta shut the fuck up and the way Paige looks at him like dude like same I'm giving him the same look Paige (laughs) and then Cortez asks if they were friends or if she was friends with her sisters and she's like no not friends like just say you were friends with them Paige what the hell I know and then he's like then what okay look I know you know something. I can see it in your eyes. Just like I know they know something too. If you're trying to protect them in any way, I'll find out. She says, well, in that case, I have nothing to worry about. And she tells Shane that she'll be back and kisses his forehead. And then she leaves and Cortez just like watches her. Now he's starting to get all suspicious of the sisters. No, literally. It's like between him and Reese last season, it's like you go through such a switch. Like at one point you're like, oh, these girls, they're in trouble. And then it's like all of a sudden they're killers. Yeah, Yeah, they're the bad guys. Like what the fuck? Yeah. And freaking, what's his name again? 
Shane. Yeah, I was lost. I don't know why I just blinked on that. Freaking Shane. Like, you're pissing us all off. You need to stop. Literally, like, did your parents never teach you not to talk to the cops? And why would you say in a way you did? Like, what way? Literally, literally she told you, like, she hangs out at their club, so that's not really knowing them. Yeah, like, you heard the story. You know that she literally has no relation to them at all. (laughs) Literally. But, of course, Cortez sneaking in there, having to get all the deets. I love the way he just, like, shows up. He's like, did you? Yeah, did you? Where'd you come from? Mad funny. And Paige just, like, having that weird instinct to, like, like, I feel like if that happened to anybody else, a lot of people would be like, uh, you're not gonna believe this, but this is what I saw, you know? Paige is over here, like, kind of just has that automatic, like, knowledge of, like, for some reason, I know I just can't tell you, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I have to protect this secret, and I don't know why, you know? Does Paige look like Prue? I mean, no. I guess that's the closest they could really do. But they're just two white girls with brown hair. Yeah, like, like they don't really, I don't know. But I guess they meant that, like, I guess they could mean that, like, MO-wise. Like, he's looking for young girls with brown hair like that's who he is hacks or something like maybe that's oh so you're on the list (laughs) (laughs) i know i'd be screwed but like i don't know because aside from that yeah so now back at the manor in the living room phoebe is watching the fireplace and piper walks in and brings her chamomile tea and she's sitting down and says that she's had three cups already and phoebe says doesn't seem real does it piper's like no what are we going to do with all of her stuff what are we going to do with her car? And Phoebe's like, I don't know, sell it, I guess. And she's like, unless you want it. And Phoebe's like, no, we're going to get through this, you know. We just have to stick together. And then Leo orbs in and Phoebe's like, well. And he says, well, they don't know anything about her, so she's definitely not a white lighter. Then Phoebe's like, then why can she orb, Leo? And he says they can't explain it. And she starts to ask how it's possible they don't even know. And then Cole shimmers in. And Cole says, turns out the source doesn't think she's a white lighter at all. In fact, he thinks she might be another charmed one. That's why he put shacks on it. He thought he ended the power of three. Now he's worried this girl might somehow reconstitute it. And Phoebe's like, no, but that's not possible. And turns to Leo and says, is that possible? And he shrugs. And then Piper, like, has this idea in her head and, like, walks off and everyone follows her. Bam, bam. Cole got it figured out. I really love the movement of this scene. Like we start with this really calm moment between the sisters dealing with the real life issues and kind of like, well, what do we do now? Like, how do we move on? And I think it makes sense to kind of in that quiet moment be like, well, what do we do with all Prue's stuff? Like Prue's gone. She doesn't need it anymore. Like all that worked really well for me. And then to have all the magical stuff interfere with what should be their moment of being able to just talk about their grief as sisters. Absolutely. Yeah. I do like that. We had a moment of that between them. And like you said, the whole movement of it and the way it like shifts to the magical side again, it's like painful, you know, Mm -hmm. like that should be their time to get through it together, you know? Yeah. And I like the reactions to kind of finding this out the way it starts out with, well, she's not a white lighter, and then it becomes, 
the source thinks she's a charmed one and then phoebe being like that's not possible is that possible <laughs> like yeah. and then piper just kind of having that going off in her head really works for me right the confusion must be crazy here <laughs> yes so then we're up in the attic and they all walk in and phoebe's like what's going on Piper says, I'm going to ask Grams what's going on, actually. And she walks over to the book, and Phoebe's like, Grams, what? And Piper's like, your destiny still awaits, she says. There's a reason for everything, she says. So it's time to summon her transparent butt back here and find out exactly what that reason is. So she says the spell, like, super angry and sarcastic. <laughs> and Grams appears and is confused to see them all. And Piper's like, Grams? Why does the source think that the charmed ones can be reconstituted? And she looks down and she's like, I I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, you know what, Grams? You were a lousy liar when you were alive. And now as a ghost, you're worse. And Phoebe says, if you know something, Grams, you have to tell us. We deserve to know. She's like, I can't. I'm sworn to secrecy. Phoebe's like, by who? And then Patty appears and says, by me. Dun, dun, dun. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say, like, at this point, their lives are in danger, and so is Paige's life, and you were going to keep Patty's secret. I know, like, you could have like, just given Like, these are her fucking daughters, just tell them. Literally. Like, you gotta let them know at this point, especially if the source knows, like, come on. Literally, like, you're gonna let Paige die just so you don't tell Patty's secret to her daughters? Right. Like, they're gonna find out either way. Just let them know. Like, they had to find out from the source instead of you. Right? Like, that's wild. I do like this scene, though. I like the angriness and the anger in Piper and, like, the confusion in all of them and, like, Grams's reaction to everything. It just, it's so perfect, you know? And also, if Grams was such a bad liar, how didn't they find out about magic ever? I know, right? Like, come on now. Plot's sake. <laughs> what else is new? So then we move downstairs and the front door opens and it's Daryl and Cortez with the flashlight. And Daryl's like, you can't just walk in here like this. And he says, search warrant says I can. And he's like, what the hell are you looking for? And Cortez is like, do you really expect me to believe you don't know, Inspector? Follow me and keep your voice down. And he walks off and Daryl looks very upset. Like, why did you autumn? Like, your first thought is to just, what is it, the next day? I think it's the same night, if I'm being honest. I don't even think a day has passed. Really? And, like, you just immediately want to get them the day of her funeral? Like, what the hell? Like, why did you all of a sudden think it's them? Also, how did you get a warrant that quick? Like, what did you say was going on? Like, yeah, not a chance. Confusing. So then we're up in the attic, and Patty says, we didn't tell anybody because we thought that there would be reprisals. Afraid that you girls would be denied your powers, your birthright. It happened after your father and I were divorced, when Sam and I were together. And Cole asks, and Leo tells him, and he's kind of like, oh, the apple doesn't fall too far from the forbidden tree. And Patty's like, you were both toddlers. You just thought mommy got a little fat. You never knew I was pregnant. And Graham says, I was the only one who knew. She's like, and Sam, obviously. We wanted to keep the baby, of course. But mother, Graham says, well, I knew it would be disastrous. I mean... Before you and Leo Piper, it wasn't just forbidden. It was unthinkable for witches to be with white lighters. I mean, let alone have children with them. Patty says, so that's why we had to. Why we decided to give up the baby. Sam and I took her to a local church as soon as she was born. And we asked the nun there to find a home for her. And she found one, a very good home. 
And Leo says, explains why the elders didn't know about her. Phoebe says, all right, hold it. Wait just one minute. Are you telling me that that girl, our innocent, is really our sister? And Grams is like, half-sister. And Patty says, by my half, which makes her a sister witch. Well, actually, not yet. Not until all three of you are here together by the book, just like before. Graham says, charmed, again. Uh, and Cole <laughs> says, and I thought my family was screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> then the door swings open and Cortez and Daryl walk in and everyone looks shocked. And Cortez is like, well, I'll be damned. Like, why is he just always showing up? Why do they always do that to them? He's always just popping in. I don't know. Um, this entire scene, absolutely perfect to me. The exposition, the explanation works so well. It's not too much. The way like Patty and Grams are like bouncing off of each other and they're like kind of nervous to have the conversation works so well for me. Cole's little sense of humor throughout, like this scene was just really, really great to me. Yeah, a really beautiful ensemble scene. Like you said, the exposition feels necessary. I mm -hmm. like getting this story. Everything kind of makes sense, though. I mean, like we said, timelines are a little iffy because, like, Phoebe was so young when Patty died, but I get they had to come up with something to add another sister in. Absolutely. And then, of course, we have Cortez here coming in and catching them. Ridiculous. Yep. But I really do like how they kind of played it in, you know, how Sam was the one that got her pregnant. That's why she's half white lighter, half witch, and she's got both powers and she's like another charmed one through patty's side everything works so well for me yeah no it was a really smart way to kind of solve the issue they had with prue dying because mm -hmm. the easiest thing to do would have just been to recast someone else as prue and pretend like we didn't just have a totally new actress right and i actually really like that the show had kind of like the i don't know how to say it like the daring the, the to do this yeah yeah to really take a chance and say you know what no we're not going to replace shannon and have a different girl play prue we're gonna kill her off and make a totally new character totally new story i think it's really really a risk that pays off in my opinion yeah and they had they had all the material for it they had it all set up like they didn't even know prue was leaving but they already set up this background between sam and patty and this and that so it totally works like they were able to make it work with the background that they had already within the show you know mm -hmm. um definitely a risk that paid off I think that if they had just tried to replace Shannon I feel like a lot of people would have stopped watching as much as they did because it's just not always the same after something like that you know yeah and with someone with the level of talent that Shannon has, I think it would be really hard to fill her shoes with just a new actress. Absolutely. So, still in the attic, we pick up where we left off after commercial, and Piper says, Daryl, do something. And Daryl's like, he's a cop, Piper. He's got a search warrant. And Cortez says, and believe me, I found what I've been searching for. Then Cole starts to step forward, and he says, don't move or I'll shoot. And Cole says, then so will I. And Leo's like, Cole, and Phoebe says, okay, Inspector, just put the gun down. There's a very good explanation for this. And then she's like, feel free to chime in anytime, guys. And Cortez says, my whole life I suspected evil magic was real, that there was something more. I've seen too many horrible things on the job to suspect otherwise. 
not the least of which are the two murders that happened here. And Piper says, wait, are you accusing us? And he says, I've just begun to accuse you, lady. And Graham says, all right, fine, you've caught us. Congratulations. So what are you going to do about it? Shoot us? And Phoebe says, easy, Grams. Not all of us are dead, remember? And Leo's like, look, you can't arrest us, especially not them, pointing to the ghosts, and says, nobody will ever believe you. And he says, maybe not at first. I'm putting this whole place under constant surveillance. I'm taping your every move. Sooner or later, I'll catch you doing something supernatural. And then, and then he gets cut off because Daryl knocks him out over the head. And he says, I think you've been through enough today, huh? And then Phoebe tells him to go. They don't want him in trouble for this. And he says, it's okay. And Phoebe's like, this is our problem. He wants to expose us, not you. Let us take care of this, please. And Daryl says, if you need me, you know where to find me. And then he goes and Cole says, doesn't solve your problem. He's going to wake up eventually. You just bought yourself some time. Then Gramps tells them to write a spell to get rid of him. And Phoebe's like, get rid of him. And she's like, well, you know what I mean. Dump him somewhere, anywhere. With all the witches in this room, we ought to be able to do something with him. And then they start rhyming and Phoebe sends him to Timbuktu on accident. And Piper starts freaking out. And Cole says he'll go find him and he shimmers out. Then Piper says this is too much for her to handle. And Patty's like, nobody blames you for being angry, sweetie. And she's like, angry? Yeah, I'm angry. I'm confused. And you know what? This is just crazy. You cannot float in here after all these years and go, oh gosh, I forgot, by the way, you've got a sister, especially not today of all days. And Patty's like, I know it's a lot, sweetie, more than anybody should have to deal with, but you're going to have to deal with it the best way you know how. Losing Prue, learning about another sister, this is your path. It's your destiny. Get angry at it, cry about it, but don't fight it or it'll consume you. And Graham says that the rest is up to them, and they teleport out, and then Piper rolls her eyes. What a freaking scene. scene. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, what a freaking scene here. I really love Daryl's protectiveness of the sisters here. The way he kind of steps in once he realizes, like, Cortez is going at them way too hard. I hate when he calls Piper lady. It's my least favorite thing he ever says. But I think his delivery is really good. I just hate him. Honestly, like, I didn't mind it. to accuse you, lady. Like, I don't know why. Like, it worked really well for me, though. I, I kind of fucked with it. Like, no, I'm saying, I like, I hate, I... like, it makes me hate him. Like, I think the delivery and the acting's really good, but it makes me hate his character. I'm like, oh, I don't like you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, the accusations and everything. I mean, to be fair, what else can you really, like, obviously not knowing the details, anybody would kind of react in some sort of way, like, probably assume that they are the evil ones. So I, I don't, like, fault him totally for it. But yeah, no, it does make me hate his character knowing what we know, you know? Exactly, because of course we're on the sister's side. But Absolutely. I do like his reaction. It feels really good to me. He's like, I always knew there was evil magic. Like, it's it works. It's very, like, well done. Absolutely. He nails it. And then also- Patty just being there for them. And, like, again, just everybody being that punching bag for Piper and not minding it, like, and then, of course, Phoebe sending him to Timbuktu. I don't know what we're going to do about Cortez after this. Me either. But I just love how Grams is like, just get rid of him. And I love how sarcastic she is with Cortez the whole time. And Phoebe's like, uh, Grams, we're not all ghosts here. Like, yeah. he could shoot us. <laughs> like, keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, but the scene, like, it's got the comedic element. It's got the emotion. It's It's just, it's so real and it works really well. Yeah. And then, of course... Cole's go-to again to like go after Cortez where the rest of them are like 
you know, obviously we're not going to attack a human like that, but Cole's kind of go-to where he like went to step forward and is like, I'll shoot if you shoot, you know, Mm -hmm. we get that coming back with Cole where he's not so sensitized to killing humans. Exactly. He's kind of like, uh, who do you think you're fucking with? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So then we move to the stairway and the sisters and Leo walk in and he says he can't sense Paige because she's not technically a witch yet. And Phoebe thinks that they should start at the church and the nun. And Piper says she's only going to help save her. She won't be charmed again. And they get to the parlor and see Paige is already standing there, just walked right in their house. And she's like, the door was open. And Piper and Phoebe look at each other and Paige says, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be here. And turns to go, but Phoebe stops her and tells her that they were just coming to look for her and closes the door. She's like, come on in, welcome. I'm Phoebe, and this is, and Paige says, Piper. I know. I've been to your club. It's pretty great. Piper says, thank you. And you are? She says, Paige. My name is Paige. Phoebe says, hmm, another P. Imagine that. (laughs) And Piper looks down, then offers her hand and tells Paige it's nice to meet her. And when they touch, the chandelier glows and starts shaking, and white lights appear around the sisters. And Paige pulls her hand away and says, what was that? Leo says, I think that means you're supposed to be here. Then the door blows open and Shax appears. And the sisters all get knocked down. And Leo jumps on Shax's back and tells the sisters to run upstairs. So they do. And Shax throws Leo off of him and just knocks him unconscious and then (laughs) looks up the stairs. Oh my god, this works so perfectly, just Paige already being there, and Leo trying so hard to just hop on his back, that was so cute. And like, that must have been so funny to shoot, because like, Michael Bailey Smith is such a big guy, and like, Brian Cross isn't a small guy, but like, in comparison he is, so it's just really funny. (laughs) Like, legs dangling in the air. (laughs) It's definitely interesting. Paige must be extremely confused right now. Like, they did the whole white lights that happened to them in the first episode. They must be charmed again. It's official. She's one of the power of three. Charmed again. And I'm living for it. Yes. I also love Piper in this scene kind of being like, listen, I'm not going to be a charmed one. I will save her. I'm not going to let our sister die. But, like, that's it. That's all you're getting from me. Yeah. And then, like, you can see how, like, Phoebe's a little more kind of happy and more willing, I guess, to have this new person in her life where Piper seems a little bit hesitant about it. I mean, it's a lot for her to take in a whole nother sister after just losing hers and, like, never knowing about her. Like, it's got to be, like, Piper must not really be willing fully to accept this right now, you know? Yeah, but I mean, Piper is, like, polite. She's willing to meet Paige. Like, I think, like, she has some openness but I don't think she's looking for another sisterly connection the way Phoebe seems open to like her and Paige being sisters I think Piper is open to like having a friendly connection to Paige whereas Phoebe definitely seems open to welcoming her into the family yeah absolutely so then we move on to the final scene of the episode and we're up in the attic Paige is very confused and they tell her that they'll explain later and that she just needs to say this spell with them and Paige is like spell what are you guys witches Phoebe says yeah and so are you we hope Piper says well we're about to find out then Shax breaks open the door and appears and the sister starts saying the spell and he explodes into pink lights and Phoebe says it's not enough 
Shax was just the messenger. We gotta get the source. And Paige is like, the source of what? Piper's like, of all evil. And she looks at them and she's like, what did you guys turn me into? And she like walks away and they try to tell her to wait, but she just goes. And that's how we end this episode. To be continued. What a wonderful, wonderful introduction, like start of a new season. This was, they always nail it. This was such a good season opener. And I do like that this is the first two-hour premiere the show's ever had. Usually they just do a one-hour episode as the premiere, and they did both play in the same night, so you didn't have to wait a week for the to be continued, because honestly, I don't know how you would have been able to. Oh my god, I would have died if I <laughs> if I had to wait a week for that when it was coming out like that. No, literally. But sorry, listeners, because you will have to wait for our next episode. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we're not doing this two-hour premiere. But overall thoughts I mean I will just say going back to this final scene I like Paige's reaction it makes sense to me how she's kind of like like what the fuck and leaves afterwards like she does it but she's like no and I'm just excited really to see where this is going what's going to happen next with Paige how the source might play into the next episode like what's going to happen next I'm so curious and Piper's whole reaction and everything like they finally got rid of Shax, which is, you know, the demon that killed Prue. So that's great news. But it's just so much happening in this final scene and so much to look forward to for the next episode. We still don't have any clue what's going to happen with Paige, what's going to happen with the other sisters, with the source, everyone, you know, even Cortez. Like there's so much, so much to think about. Yeah, no, it makes total sense that we have it to be continued here because there's just so many questions left unanswered and maybe we'll get some answers in the next episode absolutely i do just want to say the emotion in this episode the everybody's reactions the dynamic the movement of the whole episode was phenomenal absolutely one of my favorites you know yeah and always will be no i remember when we were first starting recording I did list this as one of my favorite episodes of the series. I do really love this episode. I mean, I'm counting it as Charmed Again Part 1 and 2, but I do think that I really enjoy this as a season opener. Mm-hmm. I think it's really strong. I think the acting's amazing for the most part. I had some little comments for our new baby Rose. Yeah. But um, I'm really excited to see where things are going. Like I said, the writers definitely took a risk going in this direction after losing Shannon. And so far, I mean, I'm still on board. I'm still ready to see what's going to happen next and what this new sisterly dynamic is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited to see how this goes and how this all plays out. Before I let the outro play, I do have a quick announcement. Due to some scheduling things that have come up, Mia and I have decided that for the foreseeable future, we will be releasing episodes twice a month as opposed to weekly. Going forward, we'll be dropping new episodes on the first and third Sunday of each month. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. Or you can send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. Either way, we appreciate you listening and hope you'll join us back next time for season four, episode two. Charmed Again, part two.